Hey everybody, welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, the weekly roundup. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in again. Really appreciate your support. Feel free to drop a comment. We love that. This week we want to talk about kind of the, the market conditions that we are seeing drop drastically over the last few weeks. Um, what our predictions are as well as what we are doing um, during this so-called bear market. Uh, we also want to talk about the state of stable coins. We just saw the catastrophic failure of uh, Terra Luna and UST stablecoin. We are doing more research to try to find stablecoins that will work. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the ones that we think are here for the long haul. And then I also want to talk about Ethereum again because they have announced a tentative uh, merge date when Ethereum will be moving to proof of stake. So let's get into it. The market sucks. Um, a lot of the analysts are saying that we're officially in a bear market. This is also reflected in the stock market. The stock market is down a lot. I'm sure people's retirement accounts have lost value. Mine's down, what, 16%. Um, but of course, it's only down on paper because I'm not selling. Right. Let's remember that. Let's not, not forget selling. that. Right? Yeah. Is that you only lose if you sell. And in fact, you only gain if you sell. So right. the if, if we're talking about the markets in general, the S&P 500 is up over 100% since the bottom of the pandemic. So when it bottomed during the pandemic, it's now up over 100%. So I think a little healthy correction is due. Now, what's driving that, especially on the stock market? The reason why we talk about the stock market is because the crypto market has been following for the most part what the stock market does when money comes in then the stock market and the crypto market go up when money goes out they both go down so eventually we hope that the crypto market will run kind of the opposite that way because bitcoin especially is a store of value we believe and so right now the s&p 500 the dow jones the nasdaq all these especially tech stocks are getting beat up right um, and that's because the economy is slowing and that is a, a precursor to a potential recession. So that word has been thrown around a lot lately. And I think it's important to kind of understand that that's okay, that we have rallied quite a bit in every market. And now all you're hearing is the pundits and the YouTubers and the people who want your eyeballs. They're just, you know, doom and gloom. If it bleeds, it leads. And so I think it's it's important to kind of step back and realize that we have made a lot of gains from 2020 to 2021. So if you got in at the tail end of that, I'm sorry, but hopefully your dollar cost averaging. Exactly. And um, I think we we have a lot of historical things playing out in the crypto market. Bitcoin has traditionally been on a four-year cycle of, of highs and lows. We were on the tail end of that in November of, of 2021. So, so far it goes with the times that Bitcoin is correcting. Now, there are a few unprecedented things that are occurring um, that I think we want to draw your attention to. One of which is that Bitcoin was developed out of the last recession. It... Um, you know, the white pages came out in October of 2008. First block was mined in 2009. So this was coming out of the recession. So Bitcoin and crypto has never seen a recession. Right. Um, so this will be the litmus test to see if it is, in fact, recession proof 
and um, can overcome that and be a store of value. Um, now, when I see these drastic downtrends, I get anxious just like everyone else. My fear starts to go up and I start to think, should I sell? Right. Should I take, because I've, I've made gains. I'm still in the green, unlike some people, a lot of people that that recently got in, but I'm still in the green. My question for myself is, do I sell now? Do I take my profits when I'm confident in this technology right. continuing to grow, um, especially in the short term, um, the next three years? I believe that it will go back up to new all-time highs. So in order for me to to sort of hedge that that fear, that psychological grief that I'm having, I look at some of the positives, at what what is going well. And one thing, we'll pull it up on the screen here that you can check out, which I think is really cool, is this is of course coin market cap and aggregate of of all of the 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 exchanges information on value and market cap. Um, so right now what we're looking at, uh, and you can find this yourself, you just go to coinmarketcap.com and you can sort by categories. Um, and if you sort by categories and you go over to this dominance tab here, you will see some of the top sort by highest to lowest, you will see some of the top portfolios. And, you know, they say follow the money. So these are these are the the big companies. We've got um, Coinbase Holdings, Coinbase Ventures portfolio. Um, we've got, um, let's see what another big one is, Binance Labs portfolio. And so you can see what coins they are investing in heavily. It doesn't show you exactly what their percentages are. But if you look at a lot of these, they're in Bitcoin. They're in Ethereum. Yep. You know, the top two, it makes sense that they're sticking with that. And that gives me comfort that I'm investing in that. And I'm also dollar cost averaging. I'm putting in weekly money into Bitcoin and Ethereum specifically right now, um, because in a down market, a lot of the altcoins are going to get wrecked. Um, Ethereum is, you know, the, the top altcoin, but I believe that over time, right, in the next three years, 2025, we're going to see another all-time high, and I'm buying at a discounted rate. I'm buying at 50% off right now. Well, and you you have a time horizon, right? And mm -hmm. you're not utilizing, you're not trading, you're investing. Right. right. So when we say investing, we say, hey, I'm putting this away for a long term, and I'm not going to take it out for 10, 15, 20 plus years. Right. And that's what investing is. And that's the rule of 72. We've talked about it before. So 72 divided by your interest rate, that's how many years it will take you to double your portfolio. So that is the key to investing. Whereas with trading, whereas you have a long time horizon, I'm playing a little bit more of the trading game. And so I'm looking for opportunities to play rallies and to scrape a little bit of profit because I was in earlier than last year. If you are not in profit right now, then it's not important to understand this. What you need to do is just dollar cost average and you will you will win this game because over the last 12 years, well, 14 now, right? Yeah, yeah. The, it has grown exponentially. Are we saying that that's gonna continue to grow exponentially? No. Is it gonna start to, to even out maybe a little bit? Yeah, very possibly. And that's a good thing. So just just stay the course. But for someone like me who is doing a little bit of trading, now I am looking for opportunities to buy the dip, sell the rally, and start to build my portfolio back, especially after you know what the 
Terra Luna situation works right. for everybody. So, right, which was a huge uh, learning opportunity. So it depends on what your strategy is. But if you are new to this and you are, have just gotten in over the last year or two, then just relax, take your emotions out of it. It is a roller coaster ride, but you will come out on top and you'll be happy that you didn't sell at the bottom. Right, because that is what the institutions want you to do. They want to scare you by dumping the market, getting it to that fear zone of, you know, zero to 10, which we were at the other day. The fear and greed index is at 12 right now. Right, which is a continuum again. So from zero to 100, 100 being full greed, zero being full panic, we're at a 12. So we're in extreme fear, meaning that retail investors like us tend to be selling because they're scared of losing more and they are feeling doubt over the validity of this whole market. And so that's great for institutions because they're just going to keep accumulating. They're going to buy a lot over a long period of time, many times, and they're going to accumulate so they don't drive the price up. And then when, when it is time, when the halving happens, that it does go back up, the institutions will sell when it hits an all-time high. The retail investors will only get back in when it starts going up again. Or they might not get back in because they're like, it's we too saw expensive. this yeah. before. Or yeah, or it's got it's grown a little bit and now it's too expensive. And so it's just better to, to stay on the sidelines, which is incorrect. Right, because the market gets scary, people get out, and then the market gets boring. And when the market yes. is boring, people don't want in on it. Right. And that is the time to Absolutely. accumulate because when you're accumulating, when the market is boring, you're buying it cheaper. And then when the market gets, you know, crazy and super hyped up, now you have more and it's worth more and you can hopefully sell some of it or a lot of it when it goes up, but you're never going to hit the peak. Well, and let's be honest too, right? If you got in a year ago and you saw profits double, triple, quadruple your portfolio in a matter of months, you didn't earn that. You know, you got to, this system is, works so brilliantly in the way that it will humble you mm -hmm. and it will show you that you were, you got greedy and it'll catch you and it catches us, you know? Yep. And so we may still be in a bull market as hard as that is to believe. That's very hard to believe. So uh, I'm just saying that it's not, it, it's not a done deal yet. So right. the idea that if you stay vigilant and dedicated and just squirrel away a little bit at a time, then you are going to start to see gains grow over time as opposed to this 100x guaranteed. Which is, I mean, that's the, I'm a, you know, a sucker for Warren Buffett, but he's, he's proven his model. You know, he could have bought his home when he did whatever in the 50s or 60s, he could have bought it for 150,000, but he took out a loan, he put 30K down, and then he just dollar cost averaged into his own company. And that extra money plus the other money that he was pouring into it, you know, grew to 750 million over decades. Right. But he was consistent and he was patient and he rode out the waves. Yep. Um, Cause you, you're right. You will never catch the bottom. You will never catch the top. Why even try? Because now you're, now you're putting those emotions back in why didn't I, why didn't I sell the top? Why didn't I buy the bottom? Mm -hmm. And that's where you get stuck is because you'll never find it. Number one. And number two is the minute you get emotional, you, you panic and you start to make mistakes. Right. And if you have a, a plan an investing plan, you know, then that is going to get you to the, the final destination. Well, and, and full disclosure, I had an investing plan for this last bull market and I didn't stick to it. 
And had I stuck to it, I would have sold it higher than it is right now. It, it wouldn't have been at the all-time high, but I would have sold it higher than it is right now. And I would have been sitting really well. I would have been sitting on, you know, stacks of cash that I could then reinvest or dollar cost average more into. Um, and yeah, so this time, you know, again, it's humbling. You learn a little bit more each yep. time. And that's why yep. I'm saying if you got in a year ago, you don't deserve those gains that you saw for a day or two. Sure. You know, and I'm, I'm being honest, right? Yeah, that's that you have to play, you have to play this a little bit more. You have to lose in order to win. It sounds bad, but you have to, you have to realize your mistake before you can make the right decision and then start to be a little more conservative with your plays and all that kind of stuff. So, but let's, let's just go back to the idea that we are in a bear market. Yep. Uh, or a bull market. So we, the difference between this time and last time, there are a few differences. Um, we had basically a double top right around that 67, 69 currently. So that double and what's top, a double top, a double top is when the price hits a certain level, comes back down and then comes back up and touches that same level one more time for a double top. And that usually signifies a reversal, right? So, same thing with a double bottom. Yeah. Signifies a reversal yeah, to right. the to the top. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's it's important to know that. <laughs> I for some reason was thinking something different when you said double bottom. Um like a badonk. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's so all right. I apologize. That's all right. Um and now that's all I can think no, of. No, that's fine. You're so your double top <laughs> signifies a reversal, and that's what we saw. Right. Well, that's what we think we saw. Okay. So the idea that you know, the last time we had a bull market was in 2017 and we had what was called a blow off top, which was an exponential growth through the roof, parabolic move, parabolic, just, just crashing through the ceiling and just melting everybody's faces. So that's happened a couple times. Uh, that was the third time that that has happened. So this is, if this is the fourth cycle, it didn't happen that way. So it still could happen. So what I'm saying is, is what the you're saying. bullish case is that this is just a temporary stop yep. on our way to the moon. I'm not getting excited for that no. per se, but it is a possibility, right? Is yes. that we also talk about the market cycles getting, getting longer, longer which would which would fulfill that point or so support if, that point. If that's the case, doing the math based on the different cycles within that close to 4-year period, if that was the case, then we would see the blow off top at the end of this year. So it is a possibility. Now, the things that uh, are there's a of lot of there's a lot of other variables in the way of that. Yes, yes. is the recession? Is the war? Well, you is you know okay? So potential recession. Potential recession. Yep. So we said this before. Recession is when GDP, gross domestic product, meaning the things we sell as a country, that goes down. We have less GDP for the first quarter, and then if that happens two quarters in a row, then that's a legit recession, which we haven't seen for quite some time. So we are due. We're, we're overdue. Um, one of, I forgot what his name is. One of Warren Buffett's like not predecessors, but colleagues. Who's also, are you talking about Charlie Munger? I believe I am the 93. No, 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 not CEO. Charlie Munger. No, this guy's, oh. this, this isn't Charlie. Okay. Anyways, but he said every two years, you're going to see about a 10% drop. Every six years, you're going to see about a 25% drop. Okay. If you, if you go based on that, then it, you know, there's no, real worry. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. So it's been over six years. Right. And we're definitely due. And the fact yeah. that the stock market went up a hundred percent since the pandemic, we have the war in Ukraine. Yep. That's still going on. 
um, you know, all of these, uh, all of this unrest, you know, financially. We got monkeypox. Monkeypox. <laughs> that's right. I don't. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not real and not a big and that's issue. not an NFT. No, um, should be. we've got high inflation. We've got interest rates going mm. up. So money's getting more expensive. So when money gets more expensive, less speculation. So, yes. Am I leaning towards bear market? Yes, I am. At this, I am as well. At yep. this point. Um, now, just be careful when you're watching videos and stuff of everybody who's like, oh, you know, the face were like, oh, super serious Bitcoin know. warning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to zero. All that stuff. It's just take take that with a grain of salt. Try to get the kind of even keel, um, because once again, all we're trying to say is this is a really long game. We say it all the time and you have to play it the long way or you will you'll get out too early. You'll get out too early. Yeah. And you probably lose. So. um one one thing that I, th- this is a my own opinion, is because we didn't hit that blow off top and if we don't hit it, you know, at the end of the year, if this is a true bear market and we're, you know, we're going down, traditionally, Bitcoin goes down 85%. Oh, roughly, yeah. Roughly 85%, altcoins 90 plus percent which, decrease. Which have gone down, the altcoins have already gone down 90%. And we never had really an alt season. Correct. Which we usually have as Correct. well. So there's two things going on that are unprecedented and one of them will will be proven. Um, so either Bitcoin goes down 85% and it drops below 20,000 or Bitcoin continues with its trend where it never goes below the last high. So the last high was about 20,000. Yep. Okay, so if it does go below that, you know, it's, it's you know, breaking that trend um, in favor of the 85% drop. Right. My thought is because I just kind of see this as a pendulum swing, swinging, right? So when we get that blow off top, when it goes way high, it tends to go way low before it corrects. We haven't had that blow off top. And so I'm thinking that it's not going to go way low. I don't think it it will go way low, below 20. I just personally don't think it's going to go below 20. Okay, so we're betting a Bitcoin on what the bottom is going to be? We're betting, um, I will bet you 20. <laughs> it's not going to be worth as no, much. No, I'm going to bet you 27 billion Terra Luna. Oh, uh, okay. So it's like 60 cents, I think. Is that really? Is <laughs> no, that right? No, That sounds high. It does sound high. Um, okay, so to your point, I think this. if this market is, is if the top is in, then it's it's a new game, right? Yep. Which in the long run is good, but it's hard when you're trying to ad- assess patterns and things. And plan um, your life. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so I think um I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree on this one. And That's I fine. think uh as as a contrarian now, which, which is important. I, am, I think we gotta have some of that. Well, no, a contrarian would be bullish, I guess. But a contrarian to your point, yeah. I believe it will go down 80, 85%. And I think we will see a 10K Bitcoin. Um, but I think that will be the bottom. And I just, I think it's going to scare everybody out like it did last time going from 20K to 3K. And I think it's the the retail investors won't see it coming and won't see the opportunity and we'll be playing this game again in four years. That's my guess. All right, and I and and that could very well be true, um, but then it's going to invalidate the the other point, which is that it it doesn't drop below the the last. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying the fact that we have no blow off top, mm-hmm. and the fact that we just hit our eighth week of of negative trading, which has never happened. Right. 
You know, so it's what what I'm saying is the market, the crypto market is telling everyone to chill out. It's going to do what it's going to do. Nobody knows. And just dollar cost dollar average. Dollar cost average, please. Like the fact that I'm saying 10K, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the way you should be. Investing. No, but it, but it should prep you. But it should get you excited Emotionally for the potential, prepped, yeah. right? Yep. The, the patience. All of these things that we talk about is, yeah, now it, there is a, a sense that if we do hit a recession, it's going to be bad for all markets, including the crypto market. So just be ready for that and and don't overthink it. Man. Yeah, it's like, so easy. That's to, our job. Yeah, we, we're going to overthink it for you. <laughs> All right, but throw up this other chart because I think visuals are helpful, and this is going to support my point. So this is a, uh, a, um, a chart analyst. He does stocks as well as crypto. Uh, Trading Shot, shout out to Trading Shot. He is on um, Trading View, which is a um, a chart analytics software as well as like a chart trend it's software. Great. Yeah. Technical um, analysis. Technical analysis. Okay, so I'm, this is... To support my argument, so he drew this this graph. Um, he said we've been in a buy zone since 2013 for Bitcoin. So we're here uh, at you know 30,000 for Bitcoin. Okay, so here's my point. So we look at we we look at top 18, bottom 19. So if we stick with that again, we got a top in 21. We got a bottom, say January 23. That would put Bitcoin at 20,000. According yeah. to this chart. No, I know. That's what it yeah. was before. Yeah. And that's, I don't think it's going to go low. I just, I just personally don't think it's going to go lower but than that. But what did you also say is that Bitcoin has never been in a recession. It's never been in a recession, which is a... So that either is, is a intense. good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. The best case scenario of that is Bitcoin becomes a store of value and this thing actually launches and yep. then everybody's into it. Yep. But I'm I'm gonna have to be the contrarian. You gotta be the contrarian. Yeah. So I'm gonna bring you back to the the rainbow chart. Rainbow chart regression model. We're in the buy phase. I would call that more accumulation. So just you know dollar cost averaging. But I mean, you look at again. You look at the bottom uh, at the having ten dollars in 2012. At the having five hundred eighteen dollars in 2016. At the having you know you're at mm, eight thousand. In 2020, next having 2024, call it the bottom. We're at a $40,000 Bitcoin still. So stay in it. Don't get caught up in the the craze that this is over. Right. Because that's what everybody's talking about mm -hmm. now is because that's what, that's the news cycle is everybody's a genius when, when the market's good and everybody's, you know, a skeptic when the market's bad. Yeah. So that's. If you're searching for that, you're going to find it. If you're just playing the game, then just just put a little bit away at a time. Po buy 0. .00001 Bitcoin. You know? Yeah, I mean, Voyager is a great... I like Voyager. Um, we're, we're trying to vet these crypto banks a little bit more. Um, Celsius, I'm not feeling as confident about it. I'm going to pull some money out of that just because of some of their practices, um, some of the press. Uh, but Voyager is FDIC insured for your U.S. dollars, which I think is really good. It is a U.S.-based company, and they have been around since 1993, not in crypto, but as a company, and they're publicly traded. Just information. But we can't confirm that they have interest on your We account. can't confirm they have interest. However, I'm I'm using them to buy my Bitcoin and Ethereum, the dollar cost okay. average, and you can automate it and have the bank just pull it right out. So super easy. Um, if you're looking for a way to dollar cost average into some of the top coins as well as some of the meme coins, whatever you want to do. And Coinbase I'm, too does that. Coinbase does that too, but they, they charge you a fee. 
Oh, Voyager's free? Voyager's free. I'm sure their With margins the are different. Sure, sure. They have a margin spread. But anyways, it's free. They pull it out weekly. So um, moving on, I think we talked about that enough. Um, stable coins. UST failed. We had to do our due diligence to look into some of these other stable coins because I think there is a lot of um, concern and fear over it right now, especially because of UST. But I do think there are some stable coins out there that are going to be in it for the long haul and have a good um, backing process. Can we just uh, touch base on on the Doquan situation? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so obviously the collapse. We all lived through that. Doquan is the CEO um, we, of Terra Luna. We found out that they closed. I mean, this is these are articles. I I haven't dug deep enough to under, to know if it's true, but it seems to be true. Well, I saw that. I saw what you're going to say on Twitter as well. Yeah, I mean, it's source, it's all over so, the place. But yeah. basically, they they dissolved their South Korean um, headquarters. They have one in Singapore as well, but uh, they dissolved that days, like four days before this May seventh, right? They dissolved it May seventh. Uh, no, that this was the that was the reserves. So they oh. dissolved it, and it was days before the the event, and so that's a little suspect. He also uh, Doquan himself is being um, accused of tax evasion to the tune of eighty million dollars, eighty or eight hundred. 80. 80, okay. $80 million. That's still a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. I mean, if his Luna is worth nothing at this point. Um, the other really interesting thing was the, uh, as you were saying, on May 7th, the reserves of uh, the Terra found the Luna Foundation Guard. LFG, yep. Right? So the, the guys who were behind the- uh, Trying to save trying to USD's save UST, peg. right? Yep. Is peg. So they should have enough- UST was worth twenty billion ish, right? So they should have UST, yep, mm -hmm. right. The overall no, market cap, okay, yep. Yep. overall market cap of Terra UST mm -hmm. was twenty billion, and the reserves, the the peg, if you will, that could have saved the peg, the collateral, the collateral that this uh, foundation guard had was less than five billion in crypto. Yeah, so that's twenty percent, right? No, twenty. Not even, no. No, yeah, like 25%. Yeah. But that was at the time of the event. So 24 hours later, those were depleted because Completely. the market had crashed. So my point is they had less than $1 million in UST reserves. Not good. Less than a million of their own coin. Yeah. That's really bad. Right. So because they thought, I don't know, they, that the system, the algorithm would be enough. I'm I'm blown away at that. I mean, this was nice because this tweet came out on May 16th, but whatever. Um, and then 130 million dollars in Terra Luna. <laughs> like, they had more reserves in other cryptocurrencies. Yeah, they had they had a lot in Bitcoin, about 3.5 billion in Bitcoin, and a, over a billion in uh, Avalanche, which Dumb. is just like what. I don't know. So this thing seemed doomed and Doquan's going to be in trouble. So I just wanted to, you know, update you guys on that. Yeah, I think that's good. And then that goes into what what stable coins are stable, you know, because, I mean, the name is stable. So UST failed that test. Um, but it seems like the top ones, which are um, USDT, Tether, and USDC, US dollar coin, have been able to weather this storm and also outlast all a lot of the other ones. So 
But why? But why, right? So we looked into Tether because I, I personally felt a little shaky about Tether because they've had some bad press in the past. Yep. Their coin has dropped to 56 cents in the past, over a dollar twenty in the past. So that's not stable. Um, to me, I thought USDC was the only good one because, you know, it's US-based. Um, the CEO of Circle, which is the uh, creator of USDC, is partnered with Coinbase and, you know, they've talked to Congress. So they've got connections. It seems like they're on the up and up, but why? Why are they better? Well, you have to look at the difference. So UST, algorithmic, there's a computer program running it decentralized, so to speak. Um, but USDC and Tether are collaterally backed. Right. But they, they also only had a million dollars right. worth of, <laughs> sure. to back themselves up. Sure. So they claim Tether and USDC specifically, these are collateral fiat backed um, cryptocurrencies, meaning backed by government currency and other assets. They claim that they have 100% backing. Um, and so you can actually go on Tether's website, tether.to, and you can look, we can throw it up there. We've got the breakdown for you. So 85.6% of their backing. So for every Tether crypto, there is cash or cash equivalent sitting in a bank account, um, and commercial paper, which we just learned about, which is the ability to just borrow a lot of money real quick. Yeah. It's a, it's a quick loan. Yeah. It's like a, um, Pay a high... Them. What? Like a payday loan? Yeah, but you're not paying that that kind of interest because no. yeah, um, you're probably rich, right? Yeah. So yep. it's um, a minimum of a hundred thousand dollar borrow. Right. Yeah. Right. So you just you get a quick loan, you pay a, a quick interest rate, but then that's liquid, so you can cover your cover your losses, and with tether, that would give you enough time to to burn at that point. Right. So a majority, um, overwhelming majority is in cash or in these in these commercial papers which they just announced is down to 17% of their total. So if you break that down further, you got commercial paper at 17%, CDs, you know, at maybe another 17%. Those are compact discs, right? Compact discs, yeah, and then floppy disks. No, uh, certificates of deposit. What is a certificate of deposit? It's just you basically, you know, give you put your money, you lock your money away with the government and they promise you X interest rate. If yeah. they have Your bank used money. to do that too. Yeah. I'm sure they still do, but the interest rates were decent. They were like, you know, four no. or 5%. Yeah. No, now it's probably not. 1% maybe, but you got to lock your money away for three, six, 12, 60 months. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, but it is good in this case because it's, it's, it's safe. there and it's safe. It's safe. Um, money market funds. So just in a bank account, cash bank deposits, revert, uh, us treasury bills, non us treasury bills. So they have a, they've diversified the collateral yeah. um, and only a small ma- amount, 6% is in investments. So they can hedge their best. Also, they're they're charging a fee to Coinbase. They're charging a fee to Binance in order to manage the transaction between dollar bills and stable coins. All right. So how does that work? Because clearly the burning process didn't work with UST. It didn't, no, it didn't work with UST and they didn't have enough collateral. Um, so this process is a lot more centralized, which, you know, you know, big crypto proponents would be like, well, centralization is bad. In this system, I would say it's really good. It's important to have some centralization. So when you transact Tether, decentralized. When, you, when it's managed, it's centralized. So how does that work? So you want to buy a dollar's worth of Tether. You, let's say you go directly through Tether.to. You pay them a dollar, maybe a dollar point zero zero one or whatever, and then they mint a tether coin. So theoretically, there should be as much money invested is how many tether coins exist. 
So if I'm if I want my money, like what just happened with the UST situation, where they they had a run on the bank, yep, to the tune of seven billion dollars, yep. You sell it on the open market, so you sell it on Coinbase, you sell it on Binance, you sell it on Nexo, wherever, and then those um, brokers have a deal with Tether, and they trade the Tether coins for cash. Okay. And then what happens to the Tether coins? They get burned by the Tether company. By a central organization. By a central organization. As opposed to an algorithm. Right. And so what happened was there was actually a, a big test on Tether when UST f fell through the floor. Um, $10 billion worth of Tether was cashed out. And in 48 hours, the Tether organization was able to, to manage that. They were able to take out those you know commercial papers um, and they were able to redeem those tether coins um, for the money, and it depegged a little bit, but it was able to restore its peg, which is super important to the stability. I mean, tell and me longevity of. Tether. Tell me a bank that could do that to transact ten billion in two days and and recoup everything and get no everything way. back to normal. Yeah, yeah, no way, no. So that's a great thing. I that think is a great that thing. centralization aspect of it is great. The fact that they're they are only audited, uh, I think, once every quarter or once every two quarters. So that's not great. Um, you know, these are third-party audits. Yeah, third-party audits. But this is Coinbase now. So, or Circle. Circle Coinbase, we'll call it, because they're partnered. But this is USDC. So USDC is actually audited every month. They have a report every month that you can look at. Um, and yeah, they're, they're even with their debts and their, and their reserves as well. But to that point though, it's still a third party. So we still, we're still in this decentralized world where we can't confirm a hundred percent, but I would argue too, that there's probably a lot of back alley deals going on in this current financial system. So it's just something to consider, right? Yeah. So of USDC, if that's being audited once a month versus tether, which is being audited less frequently, Maybe USDC is a better bet in that case. It might be. The other thing, too, is that the fact that it is centralized um, helps regulators communicate with the necessary parties to make this viable and to make this less risky for the retail investor like ourselves. Yes. And that's ultimately what we're talking about. Yeah. And that we're saying, hey, we do need regulation. Mm -hmm. This is important because we want full transparency right now. There isn't. And once we have full transparency, then we'll know what to put our money into so that we don't have a rug pull like this, which the more I read up about it, it seems like a Ponzi. It seems like a Ponzi. Yeah, absolutely. UST. I mean. UST. Yeah. Terra's stable coin. Um, personally, Tether, I, I don't put a lot of money into it. Um, I would to, you know, make a quick transaction, but USDC is based out of the United States. I trust that a little bit more. And the fact that Coinbase has a huge stake in it and Coinbase is a huge company that has a lot to lose. I trust that a, a lot more too. But they also say that they're a hundred percent collateralized mm -hmm. with PAX dollar. And now the new one's called true USD. I guess it's maybe not super new, but, um, they're saying that they are a hundred percent backed. And that you can actually see their statistics on their website. Um, and I checked them today and it was from today. Love it. So that's pretty cool is yep. that it's transparent in, in that case, if it actually is. But, you know, once again, it's like you still have to do a lot of research. And even if it sounds good, it may still be some sort of, you know, shady deal. But. I hope that won't be the case when we finally do have these some of these regulated 
and then the other ones will fall off because they won't be as popular. Well, and the longer they last, the 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 better chance they have of of surviving long term, right? UST hadn't been around that long, like a year and a half, I would say. Maybe a little bit longer, but USDC Tether has been around a long time. Um, Tether, they've been tracking since, yeah, 2014, 2013. So nice. Yeah, it's been able to restabilize and stay stable for quite some time. I think that's a, a, a good thing for the longevity of well and the fact that the 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 mechanism that keeps it one-to-one is centralized yeah so algorithmic stable coins staying away from collateralized stable coins i'm still optimistic about especially usdc correct um finally ethereum update big ethereum update um they have said that june 8th this june 8th they will be launching the merge so Ethereum 2.0 on the test net. Once again, that quickly is different than a fork because a merge is they're merging the new blockchain with the old blockchain. So we're maintaining that Ethereum blockchain. Right. So whatever your Ethereum 1.0 Ethereum and your Ethereum 2.0 Ethereum, if you did decide to stake already, it's going to be one and the same. There won't be a new coin right. like Tether or Terra Luna Classic. God. Anyways, um, so that's big. So June 8th for sure, Testnet. And then Vitalik came out at a conference saying that potentially, because they keep pushing this off, but potentially August will be the official merge date should everything go to plan. There's a lot of moving parts. They're moving a huge network to a new structure. So, I mean, there's going to be bumps and blocks in the road. So I personally don't think it's going to be August. Yeah. That I heard November was yeah. more realistic, but either way, it's like, it's a big, it's a big thing they're doing. And I think, what does it go up to a hundred thousand transactions a second or something ridiculous uh, like that? I don't know. Cause they're, they're introducing quite a few new processes that will help scale that. Yeah. I don't know if it's a hundred thousand. That'd be great. I thought they weren't able to change how many transactions per second. 100,000. 100,000? Okay. That'll be huge. Uh, The other thing, I think the most important thing to note about Ethereum merging and being 2.0 is the idea of this triple halving. Bitcoin, we talk about the halving. Go back to this rainbow chart real quick, right? Talk about the triple halving. Every every halving, so every four years, Bitcoin halves. So the the reward goes down in half. The amount of Bitcoin injected into circulation is cut in half every single day until four years later where they cut it in half again. So we've had one, two, three. 2024 will be the fourth halving event um, in recent history. I think, yeah, no, that's right. So that'll be the fourth. So take three of these halvings and put them all into one and that's what's going to happen with ethereum 2.0 all right so we're we are going to be reducing the incoming supply of ethereum from 12,800 ether every day to 1,280 ether a day wow a 90 percent drop so 50 percent drop in bitcoin every four years we're going to have in one momentous occasion we're going to have a drop of 90 percent issuance daily okay that's going to be felt yeah the other part of this triple having is something called eip 1559 which was the london hard fork 
So this is when Ethereum updated. This was a while back. I don't have the exact date on me right now, but it, it updated in you know anticipation of the merge. This is an update that caused Ethereum transactions to have a base pay that was burned. Burned meaning not in the traditional sense with UST or Tether where you're actually deleting coins, but these burned coins are being sent to an address that is inaccessible. I thought that's what burning was. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what burning is. Is, is it? Yeah. So when we say burning, it literally means this is the address, uh, the phantom zone address. I hope you get that reference. Um, and that you can't escape it, right? Is that it's gone forever, right? Right. Well, you'd have to hack the address and that would be almost impossible to do unless you had like quantum computing. So it's, it's go, it goes there to die forever. That's, that's what a burn is. It's a burn address and you, you deposit coins in a burn address. Good. Basically. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. So Right now, the burn rate is, is I think, I want to say 30%, but it, it's high. So there's newly issued Ether to the tune of 12,800 every day. And a portion of every transaction is being sent to this burn address, basically deleted from, from existence, causing deflation. This is going to go up 90% or down 90% because the issuance is going to go down 90%. So that's... That's huge. We could see the equivalent of three Bitcoin halvings because of this. And of course, with the halving, the market goes up. Initially, we'll probably see Ethereum take a spike up. If it's continuing in this recession sort of way, it might be a little bit longer, 2024, 2025. But that could see Ether go past Bitcoin. Yeah. And we've talked about that yeah. too, is that that is a possibility. I mean, I, let's not get too excited about it just yet. They got to merge the thing first. They got to merge it. Yeah. <laughs> they got to dock. They got to dock that, that space station. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is, that is fascinating, especially because the biggest problem with Ethereum right now is just the, the fees, are, the fees insane. are insane. Yeah. You should be able to send a dollar to a friend or $10 a to dollar. a dollar. You should be able to send a you dollar. You should be able to, to send a dollar yeah. for less than $50. I agree. <laughs> so of course we'll keep updating you on that. I, I would describe myself as an Ethereum maximalist, but I know other people aren't that way. Um, so just to disclose that, um, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated for sure. June 8th is when the, the test net launches. For sure. Or that's, that's the test net. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yep. And then they'll try to work out all the bucks, but that's the roundup. All right. Let's look at those charts. All right, let's take a look at Bitcoin. Right now we are sitting at 30,700, which is good. We've gotten back above the 30K mark. So 30K has held as our support, which is a major support. So that's a good thing. The bears seem to be tired at the moment. We could be looking at a relief rally. Uh, the bear sentiment on the total market is still there. I don't think we're going to reverse the direction of the entire market, but temporarily it does look good for a relief rally slash dead cat bounce, which just means that we'll move up for a little bit and then likely continue back down. Uh, if you can see here, the red line and the green line, those are measured moves. Over here, I'll show you uh, the black line is also a measured move. Basically a measured move is a good guesstimate of where the next move will go. So you can see here from 30,000 to 63,000, if we take that measured move and bring it back down to the previous high and low, they're almost identical. So it's not guaranteed, but it is a good way to kind of measure 
where the next move is going to go. So if we do that with the red and the green line, we can see that uh, this green line here is our relief rally. So if we add that to our current relief rally, boom, we hit our large resistance at about 34. I think 32 to 38 is going to be the sweet spot. And then you can see this measured move. If that does continue, yikes, we're down to 16. Not ideal, but if you're dollar cost averaging, not something you need to worry about. If you are playing the game a little bit and you do want to capitalize on kind of the bearish market, uh, if you are in profit, these are some things that you'll want to consider potentially taking some profit. So I think a good spot would be this 50-day moving average in orange here. Right now we're sitting at 35. So I think 35, you can get a $35,000 Bitcoin and you've got profit, then you might want to consider taking a little bit of profit at that point. Month of May is almost over. Month of June, potentially the month of July. Looks like if this goes exactly to plan, August 10th could be our next move down. Could be earlier, could be later. It's just the economy currently, inflation, interest rates, stock market, all these things have bearish sentiment. And if we do go into a recession, that will likely send the crypto market down again. So let's take a look at the other Bitcoin chart here. Yep, you can see it right in that zone. What about 30K to 65K? What if we just keep grinding in between those for the next you know, year and a half? That's possible too. This market is crazy, we know that. Let's take a look at our total market cap. Right now we're sitting at 1.25, yep, once again. We hit the support and we are respecting the support at the moment. If Bitcoin can continue with low volatility, then the altcoins have a chance of, of pumping. I'm still playing a little more defense than offense at the moment, but there's money to be made on both sides. Unless, once again, you're dollar cost averaging, then don't worry about it because time is your most valuable resource. All right, let's take a look at dollar cost averaging. I've got ICX icon that has come back down to the scene of the crime. I don't think there's a lot more downside and ICX at its peak, $13. So it's a good long play. Next, we have Kyber Network. This one just pumped about three weeks ago. Now we're back down to support. This one's been moving fast. It's at $2.20. Take a look at KNC. And then lastly, yep, you guessed it, Bitcoin. Just because this 30K does look like it's acting as support and we do have that shot at, at coming back and potentially hitting the 50-day moving average at 35, I'd grab a little bit of Bitcoin. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. Remember to leave us a comment. We really want to know what you want to know about so we can give you the best content possible. Also, you can follow us on YouTube, like and subscribe, and you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll see you next week.